Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Have you ever felt that you're just not getting what you want out of your marriage? Or maybe you and your spouse just don't have the same expectations, but you can't really talk about those? I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley, and today we're talking about feeling disconnected from your spouse. And Greg, it actually happened just yeah, like yesterday, my wife and I were talking, and I said kind of like A, B, C, and she heard L, M, N, and she said that back to me, and it's like, no, A, B, C, L, M, N, A, B, C, L, M, N, and we kind of escalated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that never I happens. Had to, I had to say, can we start over? Because like, this is not working, and it seems like most couples have those moments. We do. Either we totally misunderstand each other, don't get it misperceive something, or we genuinely feel that we are very disconnected. Just the other day, Erin, same thing. She just she literally used the words, I feel like we're married roommates. <laughs> just what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And yeah, I resisted and defended and, you know, explained why that couldn't possibly be true. But at the end of the day, I understood what she was saying is that for her it was that I wasn't really pursuing her inner life. I wasn't asking mm. how she felt and how she doing. And and so I took that away of going, man, I need to make sure that I keep pursuing that part. Well, I'm glad that we're going to be able to hear from Dr. Larry Crabb because he is one of the best when it comes to marriage advice and uh, communication. And let's go ahead and listen now to a conversation that Jim Daly and I had with Dr. Larry Crabb. Dr. Crabb, I want to begin with this question. And that is, what is happening in marriages today? What is going wrong? And uh, what about Christian marriages? The difficulty is that we're not doing a whole lot better than the non-Christian world. And I'd rather think that the problems that afflict Christian marriages or secular marriages are not all that different than are getting in the way of Christian marriages. And if I had to name one thing that I think if I had the power to correct, I'd do it in a heartbeat and I'd do it in my own life as well as other people's, I would call the central problem unrecognized self-centeredness in the way we relate. And rather than ministering, I believe we manipulate without even recognizing we're doing it. Unrecognized self-centeredness is a problem. Well, you're hitting the nail on the head, and I totally agree with you. I think that's one of the great travesties of marriage today. It ends up being all about me and not about you, my spouse. You know, when I've thought about it, just with Gene and I, it's so funny. You come into a relationship, especially I think as Christian young people, you want to be idealistic and you're so much in love and you're Mm -hmm. so much alike, but really you're not that much alike, Mm -hmm. you come to find out. And over time, you begin to see that selfishness in you. And I, I think in a way, maybe God has designed it in that way so that we have to become more like him, which is selfless. Marriage is a great opportunity for spiritual formation. <laughs> yeah, that means hard work, doesn't it? Yeah, that means hard work, and it means honesty, and it means some tension along the way. I don't know any marriage that's good that hasn't gone through some tough times. Mm. And tough times are an opportunity as opposed to an obstacle. Why do you think today so many, and I would say both Christian and non-Christian people, married couples, are willing to throw in the towel so quickly when they hit a rough spot? Is it, is it a lack of patience? Well, I think it's an awareness of a deep longing in the human soul that you're demanding be satisfied. And when your spouse doesn't satisfy that deep hunger within you, then you figure this isn't at all what I had in mind. So I'm going to dump this woman or dump this guy and get somebody else that'll do a better job. And that's really the core problem that, you know, when you marry your woman, your your man, 
you're really assuming that that person is going to do for you what only God can do. And when they fail, then you just quit. That's a very common reaction, I think. Well, and so often today in the culture, that attitude of get out is reinforced. I mean, unfortunately, here at Focus, we hear often from particularly women who, um, you know, are lonely in their marriages emotionally. They don't feel connected to their husbands. That can be a spell within a marriage, a dry season. But if you've gone 10, 15, 20 years, um, you become disenchanted and perhaps start looking for an exit. (laughs) I think that's true. And I think that a woman's core terror, as I start thinking about what a woman longs for the most, what she's most afraid of is feeling invisible to her husband. Mm. Does he see me? Does he notice me? Is he interested in speaking into my soul? And when she feels that loneliness, that invisibility, then something feels very justified, not just great pain, certainly that, but very justified in living to relieve the pain, which is getting away from him. Mm. And the other aspect of that is uh, the husbands, typically around physical intimacy, don't feel that's being satisfied, so they get frustrated. The wives' needs are not being met emotionally. Husbands' needs are not being met perhaps physically, and they just get irritated at each other. And partly because the self-centeredness feels very justified. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a sin in our culture. And yet it is. Mm-hmm. It, it violates exactly how the Trinity relates. Talk about radical other-centeredness, and we're supposed to be living in his image, but we get radical self-centeredness and think it's legitimate. It's true. It is so easy to convince ourselves that our spouse owes us something Greg, what can we do about that? I mean, if our spouse isn't responding to, let's call it a legitimate need in the marriage, what do I do? John, I think this is one of the best questions that we can address because I hear this a lot when counseling couples is that first and foremost, we often talk about needs within our marriage and my spouse isn't meeting my need. The problem is that they're using the word need, which implies I can't live without it for something that they strongly desire or something they really, really want. Now, the issue is if I have a true need that my wife is supposed to fulfill, then I'm justified of really getting her to do that. But there's very, very few needs within my marriage. There's a whole, whole bunch of wants and desires that I have. Like, for example, a big one I hear from guys is that she's not meeting my need for sex. Sex is not a need. A need is something that your well-being is at stake. If you don't get it, you will die. No man in the history of the world has ever died from not having sex. Yeah, you said that, um, I don't know, six or seven months ago, and that has stuck with me. That's a great way to differentiate between need and want or desire. Yeah, and it's okay. So I'm not I'm not minimizing yeah, it's a good desire. the desire God for sex. I yeah. love having sex with my wife. I have a strong desire for that. But that's different. If, if it's a need, then I'm justified in demanding that. If it's a want and I'm demanding that, it sounds like one big, massive adult temper tantrum, which is why at the end we say, okay, so, so say it right. Aaron, I really have a strong desire for sex, and I would really like that. But at the end of the day, we are as adults fully responsible for, for our own self. It's not Aaron's job to to take care of me. I'm responsible for me. She's my helpmate. So I can put these desires out there, but it's, it's it all comes down to what do I do when she's not open or available? If it is a true I have a headache tonight, 
well, then how do I want to show up? What do I want to do about that? How do I honor her? But also manage the disappointment, the frustration of of putting myself out there for that type of intimacy and mm-hmm. in, in Aaron not being at that same place. So hear me, I'm not marginalizing these strong desires that we have, both men and women. I'm just saying that, that don't don't call them needs. Say what they are. And then figure out, okay, what do I do as those things aren't happening? How do we have those conversations? How do I express that? And you'll have much, much better luck with your spouse if you call it what it is. I have a strong desire mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. You show up a little bit different. Yeah. Well, that's some really good perspective. I appreciate that, Greg. And Dr. Larry Crabb, of course, has written a number of terrific books about the topic. And one that I just picked up the other day that I've had for, oh, 35 36 years. Wow. Got it before we got married. And I hold on to it still because it is such a great book. It's called The Marriage Builder. And we've got it available here at Focus on the Family for a gift of any amount to the ministry today. Uh, donate, and we'll make sure to send a copy to you. And uh, we'll have details, uh, a link in the show notes for this episode about how you can do that. Next time, more from Dr. Larry Crabb. And for now, on behalf of Greg Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.